Greetings and salutations. Hi. I'm Josh Belcher. Get the super sauce. I'll change into my super suit. <laughs> this is Uncharted. This week on the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast is a total salute to Fame Recording Studios and Publishing Company out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama, which has to be my most favorite place on planet Earth. To me, it's better than Disneyland. Right now, I'm in the process of saving some money. I'm going to buy a house in the Tri-City area there, either in Sheffield, Florence, or Muscle Shoals. I wasn't born there, but I plan on dying there. So God willing, if I can keep saving my money, keep looking on Trulia, gonna get me a house there so I can be close to fame and go visit it whenever I want to. Tell you a little bit about fame, and you can watch the Muscle Shoals documentary that talks about all the magical music that was made in Muscle Shoals on Amazon for free right now. Uh, with ads, but you can watch it for free. That's on YouTube. I said Amazon, but I meant YouTube. Uh, you can watch it on Amazon as well, but I'm not sure if it's free or not. But anywho, Fame Recording Studios is one of the most legendary recording studios in the world. The studio remains today at the center of Muscle Shoals Music, continuously recording history-making music for well over 50 years. Uh, now, Fame Music was established in 1959 in Florence, Alabama, and has gone on to be the heartbeat of the Muscle Shoals sound. Uh, it's including Fame Publishing, Fame Recording Studios, Fame Records, and Muscle Shoals Records. Fame moved to Muscle Shoals in 1961, and Fame has worked in the studio with some of the greatest artists in rock music history. At the helm was Mr. Rick Hall. Artists such as Aretha Franklin, Little Richard, Wilson Pickett, Edit James, Otis Redden, The Osmonds, Jerry Reed, Alabama, The Great Mac Davis, The Gatlin Brothers, Bobby Gentry, and many, many others. And in more recent times, fame has recorded projects with Jason Isbell, The 400 Unit, Modest Yahoo, Band of Horses, The Drive-By Truckers, Betty Levette, Cyril Neville, and Royal Southern Brotherhood, Allison Krauss, Vince Gill, The Blind Boys of Alabama, Greg Allman, and Jamie Johnson, just to name a few. Within the last 50 years, Fame has been involved in recording or publishing records that have sold over 350 million copies worldwide. Now, um, one thing I've been sharing here in recent weeks, if you've been uh, tuning in regularly to the podcast, is that in Christmas of 2020, this year uh, at the tail end god willing if we can still go to the movie theater or you know whatever we're going to be able to do aretha franklin biopic is coming out titled respect now um, aretha would not be the queen of soul acknowledged if it hadn't been for fame studios she went in and they had what they called a head session according to the documentary she was in there with the Swampers and the Fame uh, Session musicians, Spooner Oldham, of course, being one of those. Rick Hall at the helm, uh, assisting Jerry Wexler, uh, and uh, Aretha became Aretha right there in that studio in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Now, I had the honor to speak with Rodney Hall, who is now the CEO, President, uh, Chief Executive Officer, uh, the whole nine yards there at Fame Studios. We discussed uh, his father and his um, dealings with Aretha Franklin and uh, the part they're going to be in the movie there. And they went to Atlanta where they were recording, got to check the studio out. 
We cover all that and more here on our Salute to Fame, the greatest place on earth. It gets me so excited talking about it. Go check it out. Go to their website. Check them out on social media. If you love music, uh, this is one of the places you need to go uh, in your lifetime and check it out. It's truly the greatest place on earth. And I'm proud to uh, be associated with it and to spread the word about it and talk to the fine people that work there and uh, live their lives um, contributing to the continuing cause and the great music that is made out of there. All right, quit running my mouth. First interview, Mr. Rodney Hall, great guy, uh, very, very well spoken. Uh, So uh, thankful for him indulging me as I interviewed him. Uh, It was quite an awesome event. So let's uh, get it on with Rodney uh, and get on with this interview. Josh Belcher on Charity Podcast. Here we go. Uh, Rodney, uh, once again, you know, Fame Studio. Uh, you're the president and CEO right now. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, whatever you want to call me. General <laughs> manager. I got you. Every, every time. Janitor, I- <laughs> a little bit of all of it. <laughs> every time I take the tour, uh, they, they always point you out there with Tom Jones, uh, arms folded. So and mention you're, you're the head honcho. Yeah, so. that's that's my famous picture. You know, that's funny. Was about that is is back in the day uh, when I was a kid growing up. My dad was producing all these, you know, hit acts: Tom Jones and Andy Williams and Wilson Pickett. And the rule was don't don't you don't ask for an autograph, you don't get your picture made. So we've got very very few pictures with any artists uh-huh. back then. But that's the one that I have is Tom Jones, and I'm. It's about seven o'clock in the morning, and we're at the airport, and I'm pissed off that I'm there, and I don't know who this guy is, and so <laughs> you can see it on my face. Yeah, it's not worried about uh, what's new, Pussycat, at seven a.m. in Alabama. <laughs> no, no, not, uh, during the summer, it's like you know, what, what is this crap? Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I agree. yeah, that's that's my famous picture from a kid. Yeah, from yeah. A kid. Uh, uh, I've been one time on the tour, and it was an intern, bless his heart. I don't remember his name, but he actually forgot to point it out, and I was just like a snob. I said, hey, uh, you forgot to point out, uh, you know, uh, this picture right here with Tom Jones. And at the end of the tour, he goes, have you done this before? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, anyway, uh, you know, just like a lot of people, I I, I love music my whole life and uh, was fortunate enough to – find your documentary which i know a lot of people bring up and just uh, unbeknownst to me a nashville boy did not know how much magic came out of muscle shoals and just fell in love with it um you know i everywhere i'm at i'm collecting same stuff whether it be the 45s uh you know records re you know uh you know reissues uh trying to talk to people what whatever i can just however i can gain knowledge and just be more of a part of it and um I landed an interview with Mike uh, Watford, uh, who played your dad in the movie. And as far as I know, uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you, you know, kind of cover a lot of that Aretha stuff because this is the first time they've been, uh, you know, brought to the forefront in like a motion picture sense, right? Not just a documentary. I think this is the first time your dad's ever been acknowledged like in in like Hollywood format, I guess you could call it, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. There's been some, you know, there was – there were some TV shows and things about the Osmonds and things, but I can't remember whether he was actually portrayed in them or not. I don't think uh-huh. so. I don't think they did any studio yeah. uh, type scenes in those. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely the biggest by far uh, yeah. of anything that's that's come along of that sort. Yeah, and then you know Mike was tickled to death to play your dad. He said he actually uh, 
got a hold of the lady that directed it. He'd worked with her prior and told her he was meant to play this because he actually, you know, hit the same fishing hole as your dad did and a whole bunch of stuff and just was really proud. And uh, uh, I talked to Spooner. He said a couple of the guys got to go see, uh, kind of go on set. Were you a part of that? Yes, I was. I was. We went over and it was uh, Spooner, Spooner and his wife, David Hood and Judy. And uh, me and my mom went over and uh, spent the day and watched them film the, the studio scene over there. It was it was it was it was great. You know, we got to sit and just listen and uh, they rebuilt the studio uh, inside and out. We didn't see the we didn't see the outside the uh-huh. rendition, but we saw the inside and it was pretty spot on. Uh, they, they did a really good job of recreating what it was in, in 1967. That was awesome. That's what I was going to ask you. Is it, is it, um, you know, uh, specifications on point? Because um, I've seen, uh, uh, you know, bits and pieces of the, uh, you know, the trailer and everything. It's kind of a uh, teaser. They don't really show a heck of a whole lot of it. But, you know, you, you figure they'd get every detail uh, intricately done and everything. So that's good to hear. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Uh, and, and, you know, it was it was really really done well, everything, obviously, at that level. You know, when you're talking about Jennifer Hudson and Mary J. Blige, Forrest Whitaker, and those kind of type people, uh, you know, the directors, uh, Harvey Mason Jr., who did uh, Dream Girls, and, uh, and, and uh, Scott Bernstein, uh, I think his name Bernstein, did uh, Straight Outta Compton. And so it's just, you know, really high level of uh, people. When you start doing it, we're going to read the Franklin. Yeah, yeah the best of the best come out of the come out yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's all, and and you know because the whole story is a great thing. But Aretha wouldn't be Aretha, you know, if it wasn't for you know fame, your father and his players. Uh, and they had that head section. What you know, what Aretha said in the documentary and everything. Um, you probably were you even alive when that happened? Were you? Were you I was. I was one. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. was one. So. Yeah. yeah, I was here, but I didn't know what was going on, for sure, okay. yeah, cause, cause, in any way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand because I thought, yeah, that was a couple of years back. But um, I've heard – Of I'm course, I've heard, heard I've heard the stories my whole life from, from my dad and from, my, you know, all the guys are involved. I mean, you know, I mean, Jimmy Johnson and David Hood are like my uncles. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our, you know, big brothers. They, uh, they, were, they were a good bit younger than my dad, so they were – I was uh, spent the last thirty five years working with them uh, in one way or the other, and just really got close to them. And uh, so I, I've heard the stories from you know from all different angles, and uh-huh. uh, so I'm I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing, and and uh, just to know it's going to get you know like brought to the forefront, but. One thing I've I've never asked anybody, including your dad, the time I was lucky enough to get to speak with him. Uh, now, did a okay? This is what did a fist fight actually occur between your dad and Aretha's then husband? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> what what made your dad go over there and start whooping on him? Because I, I you know I've seen well, yeah. <laughs> well, what happened was uh, so her husband's name was Ted White, uh-huh. and apparently. Uh, Ted got upset. He thought that uh, one of the horn players was was you know to use a phrase from back in the day, getting fresh with Aretha. Yeah. And so he he got mad and he he'd been drinking and he he asked uh, jumped on Jerry Wexler and said you got to fire that guy. So Jerry said Rick, 
behind him, still firing. So he fired him, uh, sent him home, and they had already cut uh, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You. Uh-huh. And uh, it was between, and then they started working on Do Out Woman, and this happened, and the session ended. It was supposed to, they were supposed to be there a week. Uh-huh. They were there o- overnight. So my dad started at that point after the session. I think he had a few drinks and told Jerry he was going to go over and try to make everything right with Aretha. And Jerry said, don't do it, Rick. So he did anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he went over and. He got there and Ted had had a few more drinks and, you know, and they started, he started, you know, I, I told Aretha shouldn't have come down here to Alabama and stop the safe place and blah, blah, blah. And why'd he do this? And they just got into it and you know, went from there. And, uh, you know, according to my dad, he was, they were, you know, trying to throw each other off the balcony. They were fighting out front of the balcony. It was in the most of downtown in Florence. It's still there. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's changed names so many times, I don't even know what the name is right now. Uh, but it's right there on Court Street going into downtown Florence. And uh, so they, uh, apparently, we didn't know this until the documentary came out. Aretha said we never heard her tell, she never talked about it. Uh-huh. I never, we never heard her talk about it. Uh, and she said that, that uh, you know, she couldn't find Ted, so she went to the airport. She was going to go home got to the airport and he was there he was going to leave without her oh wow so you know they i think i think that, that there was an altercation between the two uh aretha and her husband later on where she was injured and then i think the, the marriage ended pretty shortly thereafter oh my gosh so just a whirlwind right there in a span of a few short days <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's it's a few, uh, probably 15 years ago i started i was going do a record, and we were going to use uh, the Aretha record, and we started calling publishers. And I get in touch with the publisher of I Never Loved a Man. It turns out it was Ted White. I was sitting there talking to Ted White, and it was, oh, wow. wow, this is this is strange. Yeah. He's asking about my dad. Right. They had never seen each other since that since that night. Yeah. That I know of. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, time heals all wounds. I, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, sure. you know. I heard bits and pieces of the story. I figured I'd uh, get it from somebody, you know, who who, who has heard it or, or knew about it. Um, my next question, of course, and I haven't ever asked anybody this, what really drew my attention was how did your dad feel? Because I know he did not like when the Swampers did their own thing down the street with Wexler. How did he feel when they took off to New York City to, to finish the album uh, with him? You know, at that point, I think he felt uh, – he felt uh, – he was concerned about his relationship with Wexler and Atlantic Records, so he was just being just a you know he was he was fine with it just to hopefully you know heal the wounds that had happened uh, that that didn't it didn't heal the wounds but I think he was uh, uh, you know I, I think he was okay with it uh, but I'm I'm not positive about that to be honest with you uh, I don't I'm not sure I'm I'm sure he didn't want him to go. Uh, yeah. certain, it's, like, it's like, you know, having your girlfriend say, hey, you might have to go out to dinner with this guy. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, I, I always wanted because, you know, I know he uh, your dad struck me as the type of guy that, you know, when he, he had a strong care for some people, he he would show it with actions versus words. And, and I saw how kind of tore up or upset he was rather when they took off. So I, I was thinking, well, you know, when them wounds being the way they were, I was just always wondering how he felt 
you know, them heading to New York, which is, you know, that was an experience for them as young men, but, you know, it's still, that's your, sure. that's your core group of musicians, so. Hey, you know, they went up, I mean, how could you blame them? They went up and they played on, and they didn't know what they are going to be playing on, but they, but what happened was they went up and finished the album, and Respect was on the album, I mean. Yeah, yeah, wow. You know, wow, I mean, career, come up career-defining record, uh, they don't get much bigger than that. Uh, they don't get bigger than that. Yeah, and so, then, um, uh, I'm uh, some people are addicted to drugs and alcohol. I'm addicted to buying vinyl on eBay. <laughs> and uh, I hear you. I, yeah, I found an, a, a gem that I didn't even know existed, and I bought it. A uh, 45 of Aretha uh, and Dwayne Almond doing um, uh, the uh, the weight. The weight. Yeah. Uh, so the did weight. he go up there with them too, or is that a whole separate? Uh, he did. That was I don't I, I don't know which session that was. I think that might have been a little bit later session. I'm not sure exactly what the timeline was on that, but yeah, he did go up there with them at, at one point. Yeah, uh, and this was before, obviously before the Almond Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, I saw that, and I, and I, you know, I was wondering. I was like, is that, you know, was that a, a whole gang involved in it? And you know, I've done a little bit of research, haven't found a whole lot. And then I asked Spooner, bless his heart, if he was on, and he told me he couldn't remember. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, just uh, awesome, awesome stories. And uh, okay, how many do you have? Two brothers, or just you and one other brother? I have, I have two brothers. Uh, I have Mark, who's my, he's uh, old, a little older than me, and he's uh, he's in the music business. He wrote uh, wrote a song, co-wrote a song called "I Like It, I Love It" for Tim McGraw. It's a huge record. And he oh, co yeah. are he and, I, uh, and my oldest brother on a publishing company together. Uh, my oldest brother's name's Rick, uh, G. Rick, and yeah. uh, he he is an attorney, and uh, he he participates on on attorney things with us. <laughs> sure. Um, now let me ask you this: um, the I like it, I love it. One of the co-writers owned a bagel shop in Brentwood because he always talked about it. Uh, I don't remember his name. Does that sound, sound familiar to you? Was it Jeb Anderson? It might Jeb be. Anderson. Steve just, Dukes and then my brother Mark. Yeah, this guy and I can't remember. Like I said, this is four million years ago, but it was when I was right. you know, in my early twenties and I was just starting in radio. Uh, I worked at KDF in Nashville, and uh, I would head to this this little bagel shop and get you know coffee and what have you before I'd go in uh, and intern myself. And I just remember on the wall he had a big accolade, and I, I couldn't remember his name, but. Uh, Whoever he is, he owned a. It would have been Jeb or Steve. I'm not, I don't know. I've, I've kept up with Steve a little more than I have Jeb. Uh, I don't think Steve's owned a bagel shop, so it's probably Jeb. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, you know, being in Nashville, I like it. I love it every time the Predators score, it pops up. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. does. And they, and, they, and they don't get paid, so they're not really happy. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, do they at least get a quarter or two in the mail or something? No, they, <laughs> no they try to get tickets. It's like nothing. It's like. We made our deal with Tim McGraw. Like, well, Tim McGraw didn't write the song. Yeah, 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 exactly. That ain't on him. I mean, it's, it's a it's a fun song to play when they score, but yeah, I hear you. I mean, at least you get some tickets. Also, in addition to this week's podcast and our salute to Fame Recording Studios and Publishing Company, Wes Sheffield. Now, Wes Sheffield is the newest addition to the arm of Rick Hall Music on the publishing department. He's a great singer-songwriter, and you will be hearing a lot about him in the future. Caught up with him about his music, what he's doing during quarantine, 
and all things in between. Now be sure to check him out on social media, Wes Sheffield. He is a phenomenal guitar player, and he's got a great singing voice. And we talk to him next on the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Wes, anyway, uh, you know, being a big fan of fame and, and everything that goes along with it, um, saw you come across their social media. Uh, you know, uh, very excited that uh, they uh, got you on their, I guess, uh, you're on their uh, writing crew or whatever. Uh, is that, is yeah, that what yeah, they got me on a publishing deal for sure. That's awesome. That uh, That's really exciting. Uh, okay, first of all, how did you get hooked up with them? And um, you're, you're a great, you know, fantastic artist in your own right, but uh, you must be doing something really good if they acknowledge you for your songwriting skills as well. Well... <laughs> I, I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate it though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I just um, just from hanging out, I've been. I feel like I said in the uh, in my post on it. I feel like I've kind of been part of the family for a long time, but we just uh, finally made it official. But yeah, just hanging out, working with the guys here on different stuff, and um, writing with some people here, here and there, and um, yeah, uh, just trying to stay in the mix. I hear you. That's awesome. I congrats. That's. Uh... That's really, really Thanks. cool. I saw that. I was like, hey. And then, you know, like I said, I went to, uh, to your website, checked out some music. Uh, you know, of course, I like Tupelo to Tennessee. I, I like that guitar lick you do. That's that's very interesting. Um, I, I like everything you got going on. So um, let's uh, let's the story. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? Nothing. I was just saying thanks. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I just I, I like the way that goes. That caught my eye, you know, obviously living in Tennessee. I was like, you know, and then Tupelo and, and Elvis, and uh, you got it all covered. So <laughs> I really like that because he's a Mississippi boy first, then he moved to Memphis as far as I'm, as far as that's I That's right. That's right. Yeah. Have you ever uh, been and seen his, uh, his first little house there in Mississippi? Yeah. The birthplace I have. And, um, I've played a wedding at the chapel before too. So yeah, I've been there a few times. How freaking cool is that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I just, uh, you know, not to bring up something sad after something good, but, uh, just found out, unfortunately, his grandson passed away. So you know, thoughts and prayers. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Did you? Oh, you didn't hear that yet? No, I, I didn't know. Yeah, 27 years old. Unfortunately, uh, self-inflicted uh, gunshot wound. Um, just uh, horrific. Oh, just man, that's awful. Yeah, they said his mother, bless your heart, she's beside herself. So you know, prayers to them, and that's just. As you might imagine, yeah, for yeah, sure. The kid looks just like his granddad. You know, just like Elvis. So. But um, yeah. Anyway, just uh, hope they uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of peace in this this trying time for them. Um, but from that, you know, and then I, you know, said I, I snooped on your uh, website a little bit. And I saw you know you collabed with the one and only Jimmy Johnson. Never never got to meet him. Um, and saw you did a little stuff in Nashville and in Franklin as well, which is my my hometown. Uh, how did all that come to be? Um, you know, uh, with Jimmy and everything. Well, I've been um, a friend of my, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mark Wilcott, introduced me to Jimmy years ago, and um, so it kind of started out with me just coming up on Sundays with Mark and hanging out with Jimmy in the studio a couple times a month, maybe, and um, over the years, did that two or three years, and over the years kind of, you know, just sort of developed a, a really good relationship with him, me and Jimmy were pretty close, and I finally got up the nerve one day at uh, at Shoney's. If you if you need Jimmy, you would know that that makes total sense. But we yeah. got we were lunch at Shoney's one day and uh, asked him to produce a record for me, and he said no. 
and uh, he said that he didn't he didn't do that anymore. And yeah. so I guess I just I kind of dropped the subject and we started talking guitar, uh, played a little bit around. He had gotten his amp back uh, from somebody he had had it recapped, an old uh, Trimlux he played. Yeah. So I was playing through it, and finally about eight o'clock that night, he he agreed to do it. He was like, "All right, so I'm just bring your band in here, and you know, we'll, I'll do a record on you." And so uh, I came in and we did a demo session with Jimmy. And then uh, not long after that, uh, Glenn Rosenstein was in town with the Tune Track people doing uh, samples and fame for with Chad Cromwell and uh, Jeff Balding and all those guys uh-huh. for that uh, drum sampler. And anyway, so while Glenn was in town, we all got together. And, uh, Glenn heard the, the demo that we'd done in Jimmy's. And he loved it and wanted to be a part of it. And so we cooked up this, we hatched the plan to uh, do a full record at Blackbird in Nashville and hire some really great studio guys out of Nashville. We got Chad Cromwell on the drums and Steve Mackey on bass, Kevin McKendry on keys and uh, the great Tom Bukovac on guitar with me. And then uh, Wendy Moten and Gail Mays on backing vocals and Jim Horn and Scott Decay on the saxophone and trumpet so we had like this really big band joe cocker kind of mad dogs and englishmen sound on it and uh yeah man it was just it was just a lot of fun yeah right on uh speaking of, speaking of old joe cocker uh recently did the i've done the same tour several times but did the muscle soul sound for the first time about two weeks ago and the guy giving the tour is like, yeah, Joe Cocker's DNA is all over that couch sitting over there. And I was like, oh, man, <laughs> how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, you just, uh, uh, should you tell everything in a tour? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, how cool is that? You know, you, you know, you spent a lot of time on that couch. But that's awesome. And I saw you can get it now. Do you do you have it to purchase to download, or do you have physical copies of it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it. It's all on uh, – I actually don't have any physical copies right now. We do. I do all this during the shutdown, and so you know it's kind of it's kind of difficult to get. You know, I feel like I was kind of lucky to be able to get it out even on a digital distro doing all that. But you yeah. can find it on Spotify, uh, Amazon Music, Pandora, uh, Apple Music, iTunes. You can get it off the website. You can get it off the of CD Baby. Uh, yeah, pretty much wherever you can you, you listen to music. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely download it. I uh, just just kind of curious uh, for me as well as whoever's listening because uh, that's quite an accomplishment. And uh, kudos to you for having the guts to ask and <laughs> getting shut down at first. <laughs> You're like, oh man, it's like asking a girl that you really really like, and her going, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just but, uh, it's just persistence, man. You just got to be persistent. <laughs> that's that's me with with this podcast. I love music so much and. I figure eventually if I keep knocking on doors, they're either going to say yes or just bring out a shotgun. It's going to be one of the two. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, listening to your music and, and, you know, a couple of songs uh, that I got to check out, like I Found a Lover and all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it seems like you're ingrained in, like, the Mississippi Delta blues, but yet you got a little rock and soul in there as well. I'm just kind of curious. You know, you mentioned Joe Cocker, but you have a quite a um, – extensive palette when it comes to music i feel like you 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 grasp from more than just one genre i was just kind of curious who uh who you dig on as far as like who influences you oh man everybody everything i listen to but uh i get a lot of influence from like you said from the delta blues and all that um also like um 
Tedeschi Trucks fan and Derek Trucks and Allman Brothers and that whole yeah. thread. And then, um, but I also love like I, I like all through high school I went through a huge and I still love Soundgarden and Tool and Nine Inch Nails and all that. But sure. also a Radiohead, a big Radiohead fan. And yeah. so just w- anywhere where I could get some color from, if, you know, if I, I, I try to just make sure it's a good song and not worry particularly too much about what genre it's in. Um, uh-huh. but, but, yeah, so, so I get a little bit from everywhere. And a lot of country stuff, too, you know. Yeah, and that's what I like because I feel like every, everything you put out has got, got something to different offer because uh, a lot of artists you know and i'm not discrediting anybody but it seems like some kind of get struck stuck in a rut but it, uh you know it feels like everything that you you bring out has got a different kind of vibe to it but it's in a good way i mean it it keeps you entertained it's like it's good for a guy with add like myself good <laughs> good the worst yeah. thing i could I, I the worst thing i could think of to happen with the be pigeonholed i think i don't know I, that's not something i want to happen but yeah i don't actively try not to be pigeonholed i guess but i just don't i just don't try to focus too much on one one genre um and two uh and maybe it's because i'm not good enough of a writer to write that many songs in one genre i just jump around but um yeah and i think this new ep that uh spencer and i have been working on up here at fame we're about 80 percent of the way done maybe and um it's it's uh it's got a lot of different it, it, there's five tracks but it goes everywhere from like a straight up bar band song to like this sort of darker Fleetwood Mac kind of vibe song to uh, like a total Beck morning phase nice. Radiohead thing. So we're we're kind of I mean they all kind of flow together and they fit together I think. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's again it's a very different very different vibe from one song to the next. Yeah, but that that's what that's what it takes to keep going. You got to you got to pique somebody's interest, and uh, I think you've got that part cornered. And uh, just wanted to kind of compliment you and say uh, you got a fan oh, of me thanks. now for sure. Yeah, um, you know we were mentioning a little bit of uh, you know the unfortunate COVID nineteen that is sweeping the nation. Um, are are you playing out anywhere right now? Or is it kind of just like studio time and like are you doing the online uh, performances and stuff like that? Well. Um... A little bit of everything. Trying to be smart about it, but uh, you know, also can't afford not to work. So sometimes, um, you know, you, if you get a gig, you can play out. And um, I've, I've had a few here and there in the last few weeks, but not not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, doing a lot of studio stuff. It means we've been working on the EP, and uh, we had Justin Holder and Ben Lewis from Bishop Gun come in and do some tracks. Cool. Caleb Goose and uh, Adam Grace came in and did some tracks. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've had you know we've had several people come in and work on it, and you know just trying to keep trying to keep sane, trying to keep moving. Uh, I've done a couple of Facebook Live things. Um, my internet connection isn't the best for Facebook Live, I noticed, because the you know sometimes the quality gets compressed and uh, mm-hmm. kind of sacrificed there. But it's not. A, it's, I don't feel like I hope it doesn't stay like where we're always Facebook Live from here on out because it's not the best format. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's just not. But uh, yeah, you know, we just kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, playing it by ear, seeing what happens, trying to be smart about it. I hear you. I understand. Yeah, it, it's a, it's an awful time right now for anything because you know you get to hear music and you want to go check it out, and it's like you gotta. The only way you can see it's like thankfully some people put it online and all that, but uh, you know, just kind of yeah. curious if if because like here in, in uh, you know in the middle Tennessee area. 
uh, we get a show every so often, and we had a pretty decent little band playing at the Belcourt Taps, but they were at capacity at 25 people, and guess who was number 26? <laughs> it was me, and I couldn't oh, even man. get in. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man. Listen yeah, okay. from the door, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course, you know, my yeah. life show up late. Nobody wants to come out, but. The next talented young man we have on the podcast is actor David Simpson. David recently had a birthday, so happy birthday, my friend. He plays famed studio musician, the great Spooner Oldham, in the Respect biopic about Aretha Franklin. Now, David resides in Texas, and he's been in a lot of awesome stuff, uh, including uh, television Scream Queens and American Horror Story Freak Show, which was my favorite season. Uh, he was also in movies like The Green Book and Logan. That's right. He played alongside Wolverine, a very intelligent young man, uh, very well-spoken. It was really awesome to get to speak with him and uh, his uh, contributions to the Respect biopic. He's going to talk about that and more next, right here on the Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Well, a- anyway, uh, David, uh, first of all, thank you so much um, uh, being a human that loves music um, and, and have, have been to Muscle Shoals and to the same studios and seen where Aretha, you know, became Aretha um, and, and yeah. knowing you're a part of respect and, and being one of the legendary, one of the greatest organists of all times for Trans Spooner Oldham. Uh, just thank you. And you've got a, you know, a pretty awesome widespread career before this, but uh, you know, obviously this is uh, something I really wanted to talk about the respect movie but let's get let's get right to the meat of it. How did you get to play Spinner Oldham? I mean, what what? How did this happen? Uh, well, it was kind of an awesome turn of events, I guess. Um, I mean, I I just got you never know when you're gonna get your next audition, obviously. Um, so you're just kind of always preparing and training and keeping yourself busy. But I got this audition, I believe, on like a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And I loved it instantly. I read the script, and then uh, I believe I had until only Thursday morning to get it in. So everything I did had to be on Wednesday. And so that night, obviously, I just devoured all the information about Spooner that I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> uh, that was my night, and I, I just watched the – there's just amazing documentaries on YouTube and so much awesome material about him and his legacy and the – um, so I just basically got into that and I was learning the songs. Um, and then, you know, me and my friend just taped it pretty, pretty quickly on, uh, on Wednesday. And it, you know, it's a couple of weeks before I heard back, I was out of town again and I, you know, got that, the most wonderful email that actors can get that you booked it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. so, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty quick, but then you just kind of do your work and send it off and then hope, hope you hear back and try not to worry about it so sure i understand it's in in hollywood not that i'm to the caliber you are but being you know in the nashville area i have been an extra in a couple of music yeah. videos and it's the same awesome. thing it's like it's like you know you you hurry up and wait and you're like all right yes but it would be pretty no cool. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you like wish you know but <laughs> yeah. um so do you i saw do you play instruments like uh do you play as well or did or what's the, yeah uh, yeah okay. yeah we we had to all 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 uh all of us guys for this for the, the actors that we are we we all had to be 
able to really be musicians and play instruments in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and it was awesome. You know, we went to a rehearsal, which, you know, turned us kind of into a band from, from day one. Um, just, a, a this group of guys is, it's just, I can't say enough good things about them. They were, we just came together and we learned together and we had fun together and it was awesome. They were, they were professionals, you know, really just out the get gate. We're all from different places. So we, we all kind of combined in Atlanta and, uh, and there it went. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I've had the opportunity and the privilege, uh, to speak with, uh, with Mike who played Rick Hall. Yes. Yeah, he um, told me that. Yeah, I love got, Mike. What a great, what a great. He's guy. awesome. Yes, yeah, he is amazing. Such a cool and you know musician as well, like you said. Yeah. And then um, what what made me track you down is, is first of all, um, Spooner had the most intricate, intricate, excuse me, important part in the start of Aretha because they, you know, according to the documentary and everything, they're all sitting in the in the recording studio having their head session. And it's like, they're like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And then he just starts, he's over there at the organ just doing his thing. And they're like, oh, Spooner's yeah. got something. Yeah. So, and then he told me, he, you know, he got to go to Atlanta and said, you know, it was like just everything was right on point. Just, you know, the studio, the bill, everything. Uh, you all as actors and actresses or, or all actors or however politically correct you say it. Yeah. I, I don't want to get it yeah. right. Anyway, uh, it was just amazing. He said it was like, you know, just like a mirrored image. And he said, you were really awesome. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It's just, oh. it's, it's amazing because it's uh, it's something I'm proud of. I live two hours away from Muscle Shoals, and it is uh, one of the greatest places on earth. And I love the story and preserving it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just I just love learning about it. So, I mean, just how awesome it must have been. And then the little clips and um that I've seen, you know, the teaser trailer on YouTube, and then Mark right. was in it, which is Mark Marion to me is a brilliant comedian. It's just star-studded. It must have been a blast. Can't wait to see it. Hello. Oh, yeah, I'm still. There. I was just saying, um, you know, with Mark Marion and everything, it, it looks so yeah. good. I just can't wait to see it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, uh, Mark. Mark is a force. He's um. He's like larger than he he he's just uh, he's everything you know and and his role in this is just awesome. Yeah, um, uh, Jerry Wexler. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just it was just an amazing group. Nothing about the it it all seems like it came together so quickly for us on the actors side, but for the people who have had this in the works for so long, I you know I can't even start to talk about Lee Soul, our director. She mm-hmm. she's just I don't think I'd ever been on set of a movie that you just felt so much love and like you were a part of a family. Yeah. And it's just, cause one of the days, you know, I'm sure Mike has told you this, that we got the opportunity to meet Spooner when he came on set for some of our filming. Uh-huh. And I was so nervous, you know, I was like, I don't know. I've never met him in person, you know? Um, and he was just the nicest, most amazing person and so loving and welcoming, you know, he was just happy to be there. It was so awesome, you know, just to see him to yeah. and realize all of the things that he's had a hand in and his life and his legacy and his, you know, his credits. <laughs> they're, they're just endless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, he, he has so many credits. Like even when I was mm-hmm. speaking with him, he some of them he can't even remember at the top of right. his head. Like I go to right. ask him, he, he's been, he's done so many. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah. Right. And and the best part, you know, like like us Southern guys, you're from Texas, I, I assume. Yeah, I was born in uh, West Texas. Yeah, and then I've lived 
several places, but yeah. That's cool. But I mean, you know, the Southern hospitality and those guys, oh, have yeah. it. it's like, right. you, you know, you can talk to them and, and, and to a guy like me who loves music. And I'm sure you being in the moment, you're like, man, these guys are larger than life, but you yeah. feel like you could go have dinner with them. <laughs> oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. You're, you're well, you're just welcome. Yeah. Um, because I had never played, uh, I've loved all the stuff that I've ever gotten a chance to be a part of, but I don't think I'd ever played, you know, someone who is, who is a real person who would be on set when yeah, we were yeah. filming. You know, I, I don't, I've never had that experience. Uh, yeah. And to have it be him, it's just like something that you just feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this fell in my lap. I'm just, it's amazing. So, Well, I, I can't wait to see your portrayal. I mean, like, I'm so excited. Like, Christmas can't get here soon enough. I mean, uh, you no. know, it just – it looks like it's going to be, you know, just the smash hit of, of you know, Christmas time. I just think it's going to skyrocket. And, and even, um, uh, you know, speaking priorly to Mike, we'll bring him up again. He even said um, – uh, is it Marlon Wayans is part of this movie? Yes. Yeah, he is. He was yeah. like he was like he's a force. You know, I'm used to him being the funny yeah. guy. He said, man, he brings <laughs> it to the table. Yeah. Yeah, he's – He's a force, exactly. We're using that word a lot, but it's true yeah. every time we're using it. Um, it's just it it's just amazing the the people yeah. that came that came together and Marlon is um yeah, he has some fire, some passion. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, it's just uh, I just can't wait. I just can't wait to see it. it's gonna be uh, awesome. Well let's uh Let's hop to something else. Do you have uh, any other projects coming up right now? Any other movies or television programs? Um, I not not really by name. I have um, I've got you know actors usually. I, I'm not any different. There's we always have tapes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's where I'm at now. I've, I'm busy. Usually, I'm pretty busy in Houston teaching at my um, my agency has a school of modeling and acting. And uh, that's that's been taking a lot of my, you know, I, I do a lot of a lot of teaching there, so it's a busy uh, busy summer. So oh, no doubt that's good. I mean, even with all the madness of COVID and everything else right. that's going on, I mean, it's right. Twenty twenty has been one for the books. <laughs> right. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just I pray for everybody's well being, and and I, I think once the uh, virus subsides and everybody can. Uh, go back to work or whatever they do, and, and that's so much idle time, I think we'll be a lot better. I really, really do. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, it's good for podcasting because, you know, a lot of people have free time. They'll take the time to talk to me. <laughs> that's one yeah. of the things. <laughs> yeah, you're, um, you're good. Yeah, uh, but, um, you know, I was looking up your resume, and, and it's you've been in some of the great things. Like, you you know, it's almost like you gravitate to music movies. You did – uh, Green Book, which is a you know one of the mm. the best acting uh, duos <laughs> as far as a relationship you can imagine, as far as like yeah. you know, chauffeur slash musician, uh, another yeah. uh, brilliant piece of work. What, what did you play in that? I've seen it, but I, I can't really remember where I saw you at in it. Oh, I played um, I played a very small role. Uh, I, I was one of the guys who introduced Herschela, uh Doctor Don Shirley. I, I was one of the people who introduced him at a concert at a uh, at a very like a fancy dinner club in New Orleans, cool. and um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a very short time on set, but it was so much fun. It was such a good, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we had a, we had a blast, and that's what I love about acting. Like, you know, America sees the the outward product of it, but the 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 
you know, the family and the time on set and the fun that you get to have, the adventure, the excitement, that's the this huge reward, you know, that we don't always have a chance to share with everyone else, you know, unless they're willing to listen to us talk for hours and hours. So <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Now, um I, I noticed you you know, you're doing all your uh, work from Texas. Um, has it been an easy transition that way? Because usually, you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head, which is I'm sure most people are like Hollywood, like L.A. Right. and that area is where you have to be. Uh, and it seems like you're doing fine from where you're at. Have you lived no. there before? Uh, no, I've not lived there. I've been there several times, but I haven't lived there. I, I'm, um, you know, I'm even because I'm in Texas, I try to stay pretty mobile. Yeah. Because uh, there's obviously a lot of travel to Atlanta and New Orleans that's, involved for almost almost everything that I've ever done has has always been there so unless it's like I've been in some commercials here but um it's really interesting uh you just got to stay mobile and then most of the filming is going to be done in Louisiana or Georgia yeah so um yeah I'm really happy I'm I feel really thankful for what I've been able to to be a part of so far um yeah. living where I live you know so well, hey, man, it's all. I mean, it just it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, this resume. Right. Got, I thought you know Logan's on here, Bad Moms. Not to mention yeah. my favorite season of American Horror Story, the the Freak Show, because yeah. every turn, uh, not not only a great you know ensemble of of actors, but you know the twists and turns and the clown and the and and, and the little young lady. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, just that must have been an absolute <laughs> blast. That was a that is such a cool and I've heard from several people I haven't watched every season of American Horror Story but I've heard from some people they think that's the they that's their favorite but um I had a blast on it it was my first uh network television thing that I'd ever yeah. been a part of so to get to be uh to meet John Carroll Lynch the killer clown you know twisty yeah. and to get killed my character was killed off by him in the toy store um he was the most encouraging he put me at ease so much, <laughs> yeah. Which is ironic because everyone talked to me about that and they thought I would be so scared. But um, I was like, we had to do some very difficult technical stuff with the camera, uh, with the, just the production to get it to work and come across right. And he was so helpful. He just was such a calming influence. And everyone was like, "How did you not just be scared?" I was like, "Well, I wasn't. I wasn't scared, but <laughs> yeah, he was awesome." He, uh, yeah, he seems like he would be just a super awesome human being. Um, yeah. I, I liked him as that part, but, you know, you know, I remember, of course, from the Drew Carey show. And then mm. um, I, I, I can't remember the name. I think it's called Crazy Stupid Love. He had a brilliant role in that where he was the dad of the girl that was sending pictures to Steve Carell or whatever. Oh, wow. Wow, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I You reminded me of that. Wow, yeah. Yeah, he's versatile. He is so versatile. He's yeah, he can do it. He is, especially playing that man, that clown dude. That you know, if you yeah. if you really had a legitimate fear of clowns and him with right. the boys and everything, yeah, you wouldn't right. for like a month. Yeah. So, but I was just yeah. glad that I didn't, because otherwise, <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how that would have worked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you were right there close to cooking it, but yeah, um, I I I've seen uh, several seasons of that, but to me, I mean, honestly, the the uh, the freak show is just the best because you know they um it, it's the uh the the uh, yesteryear you know when people would gather around in these you know people that's how they would make their livings uh yeah with these tents and what have you but right uh, just- 
And that wraps up another fun-filled, awesome edition of the Josh Belcher Uncharted podcast. This week, I salute Fame Recording Studios and Publishing Company. It's no secret, it's my favorite place in the world. If you've got my social medias, you know that I uh, post a lot about it, whether it be records I purchase or the music that's going on there. A special thanks to my awesome panel of guests this week, Rodney Hall, CEO of Fame Recording Studio Publishing Company. We had Wes Sheffield, a a newly signed uh, songwriter, um, outright awesome guitar player and artist. Uh, He's with Fame now. And David Simpson, the young man who is playing Spooner Oldham in the Aretha Franklin biopic super movie that's coming out titled Respect. Um, It's the uh, privilege of my life to do this podcast. I truly love it. It gives my life purpose, keeps me going. There's nothing I love more than discussing music because it truly soothes the savage beast. It is the greatest gift God has ever bestowed upon us. It is uh, living proof. He wants us to be happy because music is uh, my lifeblood. Right next to my bed is a record player. Uh, Of course, you know, I've got it in my phone now with technology. I have it at my disposal. And my, uh, my favorite uh, music, my favorite body of work starts at Fame Recording Studios in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Mr. Rick Hall is a, was a great human being. God rest his soul. Uh, check out the documentary Muscle Shoals. You can watch it for free on YouTube. Uh, learn about Mr. Rick Hall, my hero, a uh, great man that started from nothing, created the greatest music empire in the world as far as I'm concerned. And uh, special thanks to my guests. Uh, Like I said, I really appreciate them taking the time. And most importantly, I appreciate you, the listener. Because without you, there is no me. There is no podcast. There is no no purpose in it. Um, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. It truly means a lot to me. And I'm grateful to each and every one of you. And like I said, if you keep listening to them, I'm going to keep making them. And if you know anybody you think would be an awesome guest to be on the podcast, have them hit me up josh belcher at hotmail.com we'll get them on here we'll discuss uh primarily do music uh entertainment uh and uh, i like to do stand-up i like to do comedians so if you know anybody just have them give me a shout there on the email you remember as always i love you for you and where you're at in life Uh, once again thanks for listening thanks uh, for fame recording studios and publishing company and we'll catch you later on down the line next week Uh, We'll have a really great one lined up for you as well. So we'll catch you then. All right, take care, and thank you for listening to the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. All right, bye, everybody.